This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bag alert, major bag alert, major bag alert. Hey, that boy Bosa just got paid. He got paid. Like, oh my God. Nick Bosa is back with the 49ers for five years. Y'all will know about that right after this. We'll talk about some Steelers 49ers right after this. Let's go get him, man. Let's go. Hey, dominate on three. One, two, three, dominate. Damn. Hey, have you heard yet? Heard what? Hey, Nick Bosa just got cashed out. Cashed the fuck out. He got that major bat. He got 170 over five years, 122 million guaranteed. Don't forget 122.5. Another 500,000 on that. That's just chump change for him, man. That's chump change for him right now. That's that's a that's a light work for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's crazy. Nick Bosa gets extended. The 49ers are ready to to ball out. Um, it, it's it's worth it, man. I, I think so. First and foremost, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, contract situation. Were you excited? What were your first impressions when you saw Nick Bosa hundred seventy million dollar contract, and you were like, "Oh shit! What? It's just it's just a fake report. What is going on? Talk to me, man." So, I mean, it's not fake for me because I have post notifs on for all the guys that do report it. Um, I was just surprised because I'm in the middle of an article. I'm writing, um, you know, my article based on my stream yesterday, which is how many games can the 49ers win without Bosa. So I'm talking about week one, Nick Bosa not being there and the 49ers potentially losing because they don't have Nick Bosa. Well, that shit's, that's gone. (laughs) As soon as Nick Bosa signed, that was in the gutter. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, huge news, obviously details were arising as we, uh, as we got along, but. I mean, in, in reality, you texted me a similar thing. What I expected. I mean, yesterday on stream itself, I said expected it to be around thirty-two to thirty-five million AAV. Expected it to be around one hundred and twenty million total guarantees, and over eighty-five million in guaranteed at signing, which we hadn't heard yet. Signing bonus was also fifty million. I mean, that's pretty significant as well, you know. But it's, it's what I expected. That's why, honestly. This deal gives me more questions than answers. 
So I it's funny because uh, August uh, August twenty sixth, I text Rohan. I said if I'm his agent, I'm shooting for ninety five guaranteed at signing and one hundred twenty total guarantees. Now the guaranteed at signing has not been released, but I, I would assume it's around ninety five to a hundred million due to how his brother's contract set up. I would I would assume it's very similar. Um, I'm just excited that Nick Bosa is going to be here for his. His prime, five five years. He's twenty five years old. Oh, he'll be here through his thirty one year season. Thirty one years of season. Um, man, it, it's cool seeing the 49ers actually pay their players um, what they're worth. Um, but it's funny because every I've seen a lot of people like, oh, Nick Bosa got uh, Niners got the better end of the deal. Hell nah, it, y'all don't understand what what just happened. Nick Bosa. What Marco is saying, Nick Bosa essentially just made the 49ers cave. That's what happened. Can you see me now? I cannot, unfortunately. You can't see me? I'll be back. I'll be back. But as he comes back, what he was essentially saying, he made the 49ers cave because the 49ers understood that at the moment, you can't win without Nick Bosa. You know, you can't. You can't win without him, and you can't afford to lose. Well, it's not that you can't win without him, but you can't afford to lose you know, a game when Nick Bosa's not there. You you can't because then the questions arise. Why didn't you pay him earlier? What happens, you know, in that case, especially when you consider a game might cost you the NFC championship or NFC, uh, you know, the NFC title. The game might cost you a division. So what Marco was saying is essentially Nick Bosa made the 49ers cave because they need him on the field week one. Absolutely, and when you look at so the reason why I say 49ers didn't get the better end of the deal is the entire process, Nick Bosa was in charge of this contract. And what I mean by that is when a player gets exactly what his agent wants, like that's that's telling you something. Like the player was, wasn't going to budge. He knew he's more important to the 49ers than, the 49, than any other organization. He knew the 49ers would fold and pay him. Kudos to, to, to uh, uh, Nick Bosa because a lot of people were like, oh, Nick Bosa should, be, should sign. He's not being a team player. I don't care if he's being a team player or not. At that point, at that point, what you are doing is getting your bag. Was anyone saying that about uh, George Kittle when he was getting his bag? What about uh, Debo Samuel, Fred Warner, Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, we're talking about other people's money in terms of what they feel they're worth. If you feel you're worth that, Guess what? Do it. Like, I, I have no problem with Nick Bosa holding out, um, working out, and, and getting paid 170 uh, million a year uh, over five years, 35 million a year. Um, I like the contract because if you look at the way the contract structure, 50 million dollar uh, signing bonus, um, the contract is very flexible. It's going to be a very flexible contract for the 49ers. Um, he gets his money while the 49ers get flexibility with the high signing bonus means they could throw around they could move money into signing bonuses other way and they could create more cap space just like they did today with uh trent williams and george kittle they just restructured those two guys and it's funny because it's just coming out um around four but what actually happened is this actually happened at uh one o'clock pacific standard time because the 49ers had to have this done by 4 p.m eastern standard so everyone reporting on this is super late on it so that's what's crazy is how the 49ers restructured $23 million in cap room prior to Nick Bosa's extension. 
um, around the same time. Um, so they either have 23 plus take away 17 around, if I'm guessing his, his cap hit's going to be lower than eight. This I would year. say, I, I don't know if it's over eight. I'd say around 10. Around, around eight or 10. So um, if you look at that, so the 49ers have about, depending, because yeah, it was 17, so it goes down to eight plus nine. You're looking at the Niners might have around 30 million in cap space. Now, I now I do want to say, but I want you to confirm the numbers on that. No, so $23 million here in cap space. I'm not exactly sure how far over they were initially, but they cleared up maybe 30, uh, you know, around $30 million is what I'd assume. They cleared up around $30 million. I don't know exactly how much cap space they have, but I like this question, and I've got something I've got to say. Why did this deal take so long, given there's no unexpected, um, nothing unexpected about the remuneration? Essentially, nothing unexpected about the deal. Like me and Marco have said, this is kind of the numbers we projected. And this is where I'm going to blame the 49ers because they didn't – before today, they did had a chance to salvage not only this year but also their window in the future. I think a portion of that is out the window because in restructuring George Kittle and Trent Williams' deal, you now tie yourself into them for not only the 2023 season but also the 2024 season. George Kittle was one of the guys who you could have potentially moved off of in 2024 because you wouldn't have had a choice. Now he likely has a ton of guaranteed money tied in that deal, which means a ton of dead cap tied into 2024. Whereas when is he's making $19 million next year, 50% of that is guaranteed. Now it's going to be a lot more than 50%, which means George Kittle is a 49er in 2024, unless the 49ers eat a significant cap hit. Same with Trent Williams. You are really worried about when he's going to retire. Now the 49ers are putting a bet out there that he is not going to retire in 2024 because if he does, it's not like his contract goes away. The 49ers eat all of the dead cap on that on that deal when he retires because it was guaranteed. Just because, you know, in the contract structure, the guarantees are later on doesn't mean that they don't pay that in terms of cap hit. They'll have to incur the dead cap in 2024. So those are two players where you could have potentially had some flexibility in 2024, given the situations of contracts potentially like Nick, uh, sorry, Brandon Ayuk and other players that you might need to look forward to, even not only next year, but in the future. And you just lost that flexibility. If this deal was literally done and official yesterday, you don't have to make this move. You have the cap space that you need. But instead, the 49ers free up $30 million. They now essentially are going all in this year. You have to go all in this year. There's no excuse not to if you're freeing up the money. Do I hate the moves as – do I hate restructuring players? No. I think that there's a value in it because you are pushing money into the future, which means they take a lower percentage of the cap hit or they take a lower percentage of the cap because it's the same amount of money that you're pushing from one year to the next year, but the cap continues to increase. So you're taking a lower percentage of the cap and you're able to essentially have a higher cash flow than what the salary cap allows you to have. However, do I not like the players that they restructured? Yes, because I thought that both of the players had sig not significant, but risk attributed to them for the 2024 season to where they could have been potential moves off the 2024 season. And the 49ers, because they were stubborn and not getting this deal done when the parameters were very clear over the last two months, they just costed themselves some flexibility in 2024 by making this deal for Nick Bosa at two. Well, it was at 12.44 p.m., 16 minutes before the deadline was, and it's not official yet. Absolutely, and that's the crazy part is when you look at what the 49ers did is not only did they do that, Rohan, is we knew this contract was going to be what it was no matter what. Like, we knew it was going to be around $35 million per year, 
around 122, 125 million guaranteed. I pre- I was expecting 120. Um, now, when you look at it, it was an easy deal to get done. You could have done this during right before free agency. Get them extended. You have extra cap space to play with. If you really, really feel like you know what, this is 100% the year we have to go all in. You could have extended. Uh, like they did the the restructures to George Kittle and Trent Williams, and you could have brought in another player, Yannick Ngakwe, opposite of Nick Bosa. You could have done a, a right tackle. You could have done. You could have kept Mike Rovinci if that's what you really wanted to do. A lot of things they could have done this year to win now. Yet the 49ers pushed money back into next year. So yet you're going. You are going all in this year, but you're also pushing. But some it's of your too late. Money. Exactly. You're. It's. You can't. It's one of those those ones where, for example, you're bluffing in poker. You're bluffing the entire way, but on the river, like on the river, you get called all in, and you're already so far into it. You just have to go all in because you screwed yourself. That's exactly what the Forty ers did, in my opinion. They tried to bluff and play their cards. Nick Bosa wasn't ever gonna budge. I don't know why they ever even thought he was gonna budge. Now I'm I'm happy. That, now it might sound like me and Rohan are like upset that the Forty ers got a contract now. We're not. We're saying we wish the 49ers would have got a contract done a long time ago so they could have used this extra money and all the other stuff to 100% go all in this year. Because re- reality is, is they are going all in this year, but they really aren't because they could have brought in another guy or two to help produce wins. And at the moment, you can't do that anymore unless you make a trade. Now, if they make a trade, they have the cap space for it. That's a question mark to, to talk about. Um, I'm very curious to see what the 49ers do um, because they did free up a lot of money. Um, yet you did say his contract isn't um, fully signed yet. That's not guaranteed yet. It's which, not official I mean, it's, yet. It's, it's not official. It's guaranteed of a contract. Uh, once you agree upon terms, it's guaranteed. Um, but Rohan, what is Before we go, I have two more. Go I do ahead, have two more good. points before we – because I know we got a lot to talk about for week one. I love what you just said, though. I, I think though the 49ers, I think that this is a this is one of the the decisions where you're truly gonna look back and say, I mean, it's not like the the deal was the issue, but if the 49ers don't win a Super Bowl, you can point back to this moment as one of the reasons, uh one of the catalysts in terms of the timing of the move. There is no reset of the pass rusher market this offseason. The the biggest deals were already mm-hmm. done. TJ Watt was in 2022. You know, his deal was set in 2021. 21. Sorry, sorry. TJ Watt was 2021. The other deal, the biggest deal of them all was Aaron Donald, and he's in 2022. Moreover, Nick Bosa proved he doesn't care what other people get. He signed before Chris Jones. He signed before Brian Burns. He signed before Michael Parsons in 2020, whatever next year is, 2024. He signed before a even Justin Jefferson, right? He signed before a lot of these highest-paid contributors or highest-paid potential guys for non-quarterbacks. He, he knew what he wanted, and he ended up getting it. And the 49ers should have known what they what he wanted because the parameters have been set for over a full year, right? If you're comparing it to the Aaron Donald deal, the parameters have been set for over an entire year. It's inexcusable that they waited this long and that, you know, I, I think there was a report from Eric Branch that talks really started heating up on August 19th. Should have been much sooner. Should have been done much sooner. There's, when you go back to, to, to the draft, Shanahan and Lynch both said that they really haven't had much com- communication with Nick Bosa's camp. Why is there? I understand you've had deals in the past where you've had to wait until training camp. 
And the reasoning for for that, right, when you look at Fred Warner, Darius Leonard was in the mix. When you look at George Kittle, there was other tight ends, and also the 49ers didn't do their best part with that situation where they really lowballed George Kittle, right? You look at Trent Williams, well, that's a free agent signing, and he he was, you know, it was a last-minute thing that the 49ers were able to retain him instead of him going to Kansas City. This one, there is no, there were no competitors. There's not a team that's not- out there trying to sign him to a contract. There was no parameters being reset that entire that same offseason, such as when there were for Debo Samuel. There's none of that in the mix. Mm-hmm. Should have gotten this deal done much sooner if you were eventually going to cave to what Nick Bosa demanded. Un- un- inexcusable. Absolutely. And, and essentially what they did is they sat on their uh, – uh, they, what they did is they sat on their hands for a, a long period of their time, waiting for something to happen, waiting for Nick Bosa to say, hey, you know what? My initial offer that I that I said I wanted, what my starting price was, it's changed. It was never going to change. It's Nick Bosa we're talking about. It's a reigning defensive player of the year, the rookie of the year. Like, what are we doing here? Like, to me, it was it was guaranteed he was going to be the highest paid player. Kudos to the 49ers for poning up and giving him what he wanted. There was no other way they were going to do it. And you know, as Trent Williams said, this was starting to loom around the locker room. Now it was. It, what does that mean? This was a distraction in the locker room, and it's not because of Nick Bosa's fault. Absolutely not. It's the 49ers for waiting so long to negotiate a contract and get with it. Um, as Trent Williams said, he goes, "Hey, this, the NFL is a next man up kind of mentality league, but when it's one of those kind of players, it's not really next man next man up. When you're that kind, when you're that dude." It's not the next man up. Now, the biggest question is, is should Nick Bosa play week one? He hasn't practiced. He'll probably be, get there tomorrow, which is Thursday. He'll have a, a light practice Friday, light practice, possibly walk through. Should Nick Bosa play? Like, with how soft tissue injuries occur to players who don't get a full training camp, who just come straight to a game, should Nick, should Nick Bosa play? Week one, or should Nick Bosa, or should the 49ers do right by Nick Bosa, hold them out because they have bigger plans than just week one? This might not be, you know, the most popular take. I think week one's important, and I think you should play. Um, uh, I understand the the issue with soft tissue, and this is me personally putting a, a ton of confidence in Nick Bosa and the way that he prepares in the offseason because we've heard all the stories about how that family prepares and how they prefer to do their own program, understanding the way that they prepare in the offseason. I think Nick Bosa's got to be game ready. I mean, uh, the only – like, if not, then, you know, uh, I mean, that's an issue because the 40, the, the, that's putting even more onus on the 49ers for not trying to get this deal done earlier. You're, you're signing him right now with the anticipation that he plays week one. Kyle Shanahan shared a similar sentiment. He also said that they're going to wait to see, uh, you know, when he comes back in the building. He's going to have me, a beer belly. That was, that's funny. that was funny. I was like, what the hell? I was like, come on, Kyle. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I I don't care about the continuity issues. He's much better than uh, any of the defensive ends the 49ers have on the roster, and it's not even close. I think you easily have to play him week one. If you want if you want to prove, prov- uh, give your team the best chance to win, I understand you know, the, the issues with soft tissue injuries, with coming back on a return, which is why John Lynch stressed they wanted him in the building three weeks before the start of the season. But I Should still think that done. he's one of the guys that you can get, you know, you can get there week one. And I think we've also seen, you know, cer- certain players in his position before 
done similar things. Joey Bosa, you know, he had the infamous holdout before his contract. He he ended up playing. He had a great week one. Uh, or he, you know, he ended up having a great season. TJ Watt had two sacks, I believe, in his game when he when he signed like three days before and he, he ended up playing week one and he had three sacks or two sacks. So I think that, you know, I, I would play Nick Bosa week one. See, I agree with you in, in the terms of the importance of Nick Bosa to this 49ers roster. Um, but I disagree in terms of, of playing him. Um, it's completely different training. I absolutely believe the, the Bosa's have a training regimen that is off the charts. Like it's the best in the league by far. And the reason why I say by far is when you have two players, two brothers that are that good um, and they're on the same regimen every year, um, they're doing something right, uh, especially when they're two of the highest paid defensive players in the league. The reason why I don't do it is because one game to me, if you're going all in for this season, one game isn't worth Nick Bosa pulling a hamstring or a soft tissue injury that, that occurs during the game um, not due to not having live reps. Now, to me, that's more important. The rest of the season is more important than week one. I understand the 49ers need to win week one to get to get off to on the right foot because their schedule from the week one to week five, it's a, it's a tough schedule. Let's be real. It's a, it's a tough schedule in the terms of you do play the Rams and, and the Cardinals in between there, but you do have a couple of teams like the, the Giants, the Cowboys. So the first five, five weeks are a tough uh, five weeks of the schedule. So you do want to get started. You do want to get on a hot start um, fast. But to me, I think Nick Bosa is way too important for the 49ers um, in the long run. Um, so shout out to Curtis. Curtis, we're hanging, man. Excited that Nick Bosa just got paid. Shout out to Zach. Uh, we'll see how he looks Thursday, but I'll, uh, I would play him. I mean, it all depends. I mean, I mean I'd play him, um, but I'm, I am concerned. Soft tissue injury happened to those kind of players. Um, to everyone that is in. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In the chat. Uh, drop a like button on both channels. Make sure you subscribe to both channels. Tomorrow, I will be going live with a Pittsburgh Steelers uh, content creator. I need everyone from Rohan's channel, my channel, to be in the live chat. The Pittsburgh Steelers fans have said there will be more Pittsburgh fans in the chat than 49er fans. They have said that they're going to come in talking their talk to us. Y'all got to be there repping your Niners. Do not allow the Pittsburgh Steelers fans to one-up us because if they win now, that's already 1-0. One, one we got to start the season 1-0. That's tomorrow in the chat. Um, for me, Rohan, does this mean anything to you uh, for the rest of the season in terms of what the 49ers um, are capable of doing with Nick Bosa or worked out with Nick Bosa? I think that's a good question. But before we get to the season, I do have one last contract question for you. It's a, well, it's a hypothetical and it's not. Do you think the 49ers are clearing up cap space, not necessarily for another move, but to potentially front load Nick Bosa's deal to provide them uh, to alleviate some cap flexibility for 2024? It'd be the first time we've seen it. Garoppolo, right? Uh, his was, but it really, it was more, that's why he was here for a little uh, longer. They yeah. Got, like, the back end of the last two years were, were a little funky. Um, it could be. 
it'd be the wise thing to do, and that's probably why they give him a $50 million signing bonus. You give him a $50 million signing bonus, you have his first year of cap be super high, next year drop. Just put, it to, put it to like $30 million, right? Was it, if was you put it, it to like $30 million? Was it with you or was it with um, Ryan? Um, when I was on a show with Ryan, I, I explained how the reason why what I thought the deal would do was do what his brother's contract did. I also said it in spaces, but his brother's contract. Now. So his brother's contract, uh, let me pull it back up, but Joey's contract, the way it goes is. The low cap hits in year one and two and then an exorbitant amount. Uh, in three, no, four, so five. it actually drops. Um, so year one uh, was a $15 million cap hit. And then year two was 20, went up 28. And then year four, it dropped to 15. Um, and that was because of purposes of for them to keep some of their guys. For example, they had Keenan Allen they had to pay. Uh, they wanted to make other moves. Um, so that was their purpose of doing it. Uh, now, we could see something where Nick does opposite, right? Hey, front load that first year. Make that first year, your first uh, year of your contract be that 28, $30 million, uh, million dollar cap hit like we like you just said, and then year three to four, it uh, drops drastically, right? Or year two, it drops, goes back up. Like you could, honestly, with the cap, the way you structure your contract, you could make it go up and down to, to work around uh, other players. So, like, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Nick Bosa's contract is going to ruin the 49. I don't think so. I mean. No. Example, it depends on how they structure it. I, the timing isn't great, but the contract itself, no. I would personally prefer – years four and five to have higher cap hits. The reason being Bosa will likely want a contract renegotiation plus the cap salary cap continues to go up. Those are the years where the money is non-guaranteed. You can restructure that, but there's a more there's an increased likelihood to ask for a restructure in year four if that year four cap hit is low and the year five cap hit is low. And so you pay out the, you know, you, you front load it, but you're still going to have to re-extend him. And that kind of takes away the value of having back years. I would prefer, you know, Maybe a front load in year one. If, if you are going to use this money to restructure from George Kittle and Trent Williams, front load. Pay him $35 million in year one. Drop it in two and three. Ex- exceed it in four and five. But the first three years being fully guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if they do that, that'd be a, a wise decision because um, I believe with contracts like this, uh, I believe the Cleveland Browns do it with the Sean Watson contract where they cash them out every year. Them and the Saints, their owners cash out. If Jed is Jed York finally being an owner that's going to start cashing out, I think he might. If if John uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both say, "Hey, look, we need you to start paying these players up front and signing bon- signing bonuses, so we can get away with the cap space." That's exactly what what Cleveland the Cleveland Browns do. That's what the Saints do, and people laugh like, "Oh my God, they're ninety million dollars under cap." All they do is turn every contract into a signing bonus, and it doesn't carry cap dead cap. 10 years down the road, like a lot of teams will, will uh, restructure and it pushes your dead cap down further. So, I mean, I like what the 49ers do. As long as they front load it, I would love it because it allows you to keep guys like Brandon Ayuk, allows you to allow the 49ers to make up $7 million on Kyle Juszczyk um, and stuff like that. So, a lot of things in play. Glad the 49ers got Nick Bosa signed. Um, you think he plays, uh, he should play Sunday. I think he will, but I don't think he should play. I'm good. I'm Got a question for you though. Nick Go Bosa wasn't the captain. What is? How does that sit with you? Does that is that interesting to you? Is that like oh sh- to me? I got I know I got something for that. So now this is an interesting one, and maybe you can convince me. 
I'm not as mad at it. I, I don't. I'm not as mad at it. First of all, I like the like 49ers went with six captains. I honestly thought they were going seven. I thought they'd go back to seven. Even you know, just flush last year out with the you know with the way that it went with Trey Lance not being named a captain, which is the first time the quarterback wasn't named one in a while. But they went with six. I don't mind Nick Bosa not being one for the sole reason that. While I love players going after their money, and I think Nick Post is absolutely deserving of a contract, he wasn't there. He wasn't there the entire offseason. I understand how he plays, how he's a leader in that room, because, you know, he leads by example. He's a very talented player, and, you know, how important of a player he is to this group. But I do think that other players are deserving of it, and I do think that with him not being there the entire offseason and being not being a captain for the 2023 season, I don't mind it. See, for me, I thought it was interesting because Nick Bosa was a captain last year. So, essentially, in my opinion, I, I know the team votes for it. I know That's understandable. All teams should vote for their team captain. But essentially, people were trying to say, well, Nick Bosa isn't a captain material to me. That's what they're saying on. One, a captain isn't a vo- doesn't have to be a vocal person. A captain could be someone who is a leader by example. That kind of captain. That's, that's who Nick Bosa is. He also is vocal. He does talk to his guys. He does he does get them hyped up. Right. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it in a way that people like. They like seeing the Fred Warner kind of captains, the Debo Samuel kind of captains where they're loud and they get the team going. For me, I thought he should have been a captain over Brock Purdy. If you're a captain last year, you're the best player on the team, yet you're not a captain. Now, it could be that Kyle Shanahan and I'm 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 unaware. This is me speculating. Kyle Shanahan might have been like, you know what? You got to be on the team during voting. You got to be around the team during voting in order to receive a captain badge. And if that's the case, if Kyle Shanahan did that, that's hella fucked up. What? Why? You're punishing a player for wanting to negotiate a contract. When you this didn't is a player decision. I don't know if he did no. that. This is a player decision, right? This is the, the players vote. Players vote. Yeah, yeah, they vote. But Correct. I'm saying like they they get to decide. Like I'm saying speculating because people are like, oh, well, Kyle, what if Kyle Shanahan said, because uh, I tweeted this out, and they're like, oh, what if Kyle Shanahan said you can't vote for players who aren't around the team right now? I'm like, well, if you do that, that's hella fucked up because you're telling me a player should be punished and not named captain because he's negotiating a contract that he wanted to negotiate in April, but you wanted to negotiate in late August? Like, to me, I felt like, one, everyone, we got to be ridiculous. we got to be lying to ourselves if we didn't think Nick Bosa was going to be a 49er this year. Like, let's... Let's be straight up. One, the 49ers had him for this year and two more years because they could, they could tag him two more years. Nick Bosa was going to be a 49er. I don't know why people were like, oh, he's being traded. Well, he was, it was never the case. So for me, it's like you know he's going to be on your roster. Why not allow people to vote for him and be your team captain? He is by far your best player, and it's not close. You could argue, sit here and people could sit here and argue and say Trent's close. No, Trent is aging. He is not the best player on the 49ers. You, could, you might be able to argue Christian McCaffrey's impact, to Nick Bosa, but Nick Bosa is by far the best 40, the best player on the 49ers, and he is not a team captain. He's the highest paid player on the 49ers, highest paid defensive player in the NFL, and he's not a team captain. To me, I think it's I think it's insane. Um, you could you could name any other player. You you want to take away from the Debo the the title from Debo? Take it away from whoever. Your best player should be a captain. Like I to me, does not make sense. I thought Nick Bosa would have been a captain even if he's not around the locker room. And then you have guys like Trent Williams still say, you know what? We miss Nick Bosa throughout the offseason. 
I wonder why you miss Nick Bosa because he's a damn leader who leads by example. He works hard. You just, that's a guy you want to be around in the NFL. I thought Nick Bosa should have been a captain. I understand the 49ers not voting for him. Players voting for Brock Purdy. He's your quarterback, but I also have a thing about that with the NFL. All these players in the NFL getting voted captain just because they're a quarterback. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Just because you're a quarterback doesn't mean you're the best player. You're, the, you're a captain on the team. Rookies being voted captains like around the NFL, I think just because you're a quarterback does not give you the direct pass to be a captain. I don't care if you're a quarterback and quarterbacks normally are your captains of your, of your organization. Captains are the players who bring you energy when you don't have it. So guys like Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, guys that produce on a regular. So for me, I thought it was interesting. If, I, if it was up to me, I would have three captains, three to four captains. I would have an offense, a defense, a special teams, and then your your, electri- your electricity guy, your guy that brings you energy whenever there is no energy around. That's what I would do normal. That's what I would do if I was the 49ers organization, but I'm not. Kyle gets to run it, so I don't mind having six captains. I thought Nick Bosa should have been one. Now, I will say this. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Christian McCaffrey. I thought he was the one who I personally would think had a fair shot to be a captain. I understand, you know, he's a newcomer. So was Brock Purdy last year, right? Um, both of them were kind of new. I mean, both of them started playing for the 49ers, really, around the same time. Um, I thought Christian McCaffrey could have had an argument. Now, I don't mind Brock Purdy being a captain at all. I understand that. I don't he, mind it. I'm not, I'm not saying I, – I should clarify. I don't, I'm not saying, like, oh, my God. Brock Purdy should have never been a team captain. I get like the, the the understanding of he's your quarterback, he's your leader kind of mentality, but to me, I felt like there was more players deserving of that captain badge. I mean, that's fair. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey was the one who came to mind. I would probably had him at seven over Nick Bosa, um, but I, I think you can make argument. You definitely can make an argument for Nick Bosa. I think you can make arguments for all of them. Um, didn't you know? I don't know if I personally put too much stock into it. Maybe it's just me. I don't value players being named captain as much. It's more so, I think it's more so something like an achievement for the players themselves. They yeah, vote it's themselves, yeah. and it's kind of like something where, you know, you're recognized by your own teammates. So I don't put too much stock in it, but I can understand the argument. Yeah, for me, I thought the the, the main guy I really thought should have been named the team captain was Brandon Ayuk. Like that was one that I was going to ask about next. To him, me, or, uh, him to or Debo me, Samuel. I would have. I honestly, me, my top two captains. If I had a vote for a captain on the 49ers, my top two captains: Fred Warner, and Brandon Ayuk. People are like, "What? The, why Brandon Ayuk?" Like those are my top two. And the reason is, is what was the only player, the main player that dominated throughout training camp? We heard every single day, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. Why? Because he is leading by example. He was talking his talk, getting his players involved. Like to me, that is what leaders do. They make you better. That a leader makes you better. That's what Brandon Ayuk does. To me, I thought Brandon Ayuk should have been named a team captain. Um, now I, I like that that most organizations um, have their players vote. I think that's pretty damn cool. Um, but there has to be a captain badge that that gets, in my opinion, is award, rewarded by the coaches. Like, why not name five captains, four captains, and then you get a co- the coaches decide on one captain, the guy who stands out the most in camp, the guy who does. Like, to me, that weighs a lot on, on for players. Is how well do you perform in camp? Do you take days off like George Kittle, like Trent Williams? Like, are you leading your team by example? To me, that, that carries a lot of weight. I'm not saying they're not good players. 
But guys that didn't miss practice, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, the Niners had to force him to miss practice. Like those two, Fred Warner had to be forced to miss practice. Those are guys that actually lead your team throughout the season. So to me, those are captains. So for me, that's how I see it more so. But again, it's a voting process. Guess what, Rohan? When you're in high school and you're voting for the the president or the or the the not the president, the homecoming king, what do you do? Yeah, vote for your Popular. boy. Yeah, yeah, you vote for your boy. So like, really, really, reality is, is are these captains? One year, Kyle Yuschuk was a captain. Like, are these really captains, or is it? I'm voting for my boy today. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, like there, it's a click. There's a click in that organ in the team, and we know it. It's cool. I don't mind it. I mean, it's weird because even the wives have a click too, but. I think it's more so clicky when you're voting. I think that's how the, the players become captains. Shout out to everyone listening. Drop a comment if you think, yes or no comment, if you think Nick Bosa should have been named a captain or if you think someone else should have been named a captain. Drop a comment. Make sure she, make sure you like and subscribe to both channels. Rohan, week one's here, brother. Week one's here. And the, the main question, Nick Bosa just got signed. Nick Bosa just is that is that Steelers offensive line ready for our defensive line with Nick Bosa? Are they ready? No. That is a rookie who I believe they're throwing out there in Broderick Jones. I don't know if he's won the job. I got to go back and check. But um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, when you talk about this game and the impact of Nick Bosa, I'll be honest. What did I say last night and what I was putting in my article without Nick Bosa there? 49ers would start the season 0 for 1. That's what I was about to point out. I had the 49ers losing in a close, low-scoring game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. I did say with a caveat, if Nick Bosa returns, if Nick Bosa returns, that take flips because he can provide that impact for the 49ers, and I think he's a guy who they all definitely value. I think the Steelers, you know, uh, I, I think Nick Bosa is just an added piece, and he'll disrupt well, and that'll, you know, impact a guy like Kenny Pickett a guy who's trying to gain some consistency and confidence going into year two. I think that Nick Bosa is going to, you know, he can make one of those plays, a strip sack, you know, a, a third down drive killer. One of those type of plays that helps you win a game. Say what? Uh-oh. I cannot hear you, Marco. Not sure why. You go ahead. All right, chat. Who can you hear? Who can you hear? Which one of us can you hear? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. There we go. I can't hear you. I'm going to drop myself. Oh, no. It's me. Okay. Okay. It's me. Well, he'll be back. He'll be back. As uh -oh. I continue, he'll be back. All right. But when we talk about Nick Bosa, what I was just saying, I mean, when you look at what his impact could be week one, I think that his impact itself can single-handedly win the 49ers the ball game. I think that that's important. You know, winning the 49ers the ball game because – when you look at the impact plays that he's made in the past, like I said, a strip sack, a third down stop, those are all the slow or the small little things that you need. 
this is going to be not as high scoring of a game that you might anticipate the 49ers to put up later on in the season. I think in week one with Brock Purdy coming back after, you know, the not the setback, but the the limitations that he had uh, over the last weeks of practice where, you know, they cut his rep count. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I think that I that's can't hear you. Rohan, can you hear me? Major plays. I can. Yeah. You can hear me. I can't hear you at all. So hold on. It's probably something on my end. Uh, you can keep going. I'll, I'll talk to you right now. But I was telling, I was saying how Nick Bosa, you know, when you talk about what he's done with the 49ers, um, I think that, I think he can just make a play in a low scoring type of game that can help propel the 49ers to a victory. That's why my, my prediction from yesterday shifts from a loss to a win. Now on that Pittsburgh Steelers team, if you look at that team overall, I think that team is better than you anticipate. Kenny Pickett is going to be, he, I think he's a solid quarterback. You know, um, he'll still require some seasoning for sure. I don't think he's, you know, anywhere near a finished product, but he's shown improvements this offseason. And I think, you know, despite the physical limitations he might have with his low, uh, smaller hand size and things like that, I think that that Pittsburgh Steelers team with Kenny Pickett is going to be a solid group. Um, at the moment on their depth chart, they have Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle, Chuma Okorafor at light, right tackle. Their interior is much better than their outside. Their interior with Isaac Sayumalo, Mason Cole, and James Daniels, I think that's a better group than they have on the outside at tackle. Um, and you, you still have Broderick Jones out there who's listed as a second teamer. But I think overall, when you talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers team, the addition of an extra weapon on the outside is going to be helpful for the uh, for the uh, for the 49ers and especially one when you talk about a guy like Nick Bosa that's a guy who when you when you think about it can change the dynamic of a game it allows the 49ers to be flexible you can have the 49ers have guys on the inside you can have you know stunt guys on the inside you could have different formations with your defensive linemen potentially using Armstead as an edge potentially using Bosa on the inside. You can have different formations because that's what a guy like Nick Bosa allows you to do. Now, defensively for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they're a very solid unit. You have TJ Watt there, but you have some very solid options. Keanu Benton, Cameron Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi. You've got some very solid options at defensive line. And so I think when you talk about it for the 49ers uh, and, uh, and what they're going to have to do. I think their work's cut out for them alongside their offensive line. I mean, you're going to have, like I said yesterday, Colton McKivitz likely go up against TJ Watt at points in this game. If not, it's going to be Alex Highsmith, who's no joke. Alex Highsmith had a very solid year as well last year. He had, I believe it was um, around the range of 12 and a half sacks or 14 and a half seconds, I believe. I mean, that's a good team with Alex Heisman out there at cornerback. You've got a rookie though in Joey Porter, but Levi Wallace is there. Patrick Peterson is there. Minka Fitzpatrick's there on the back end. You've got a solid, solid team for the 49ers uh, in, when you're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's kind of my team breakdown with, when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and things like that. Marco, you want to go ahead? Hey, Rohan, can you hear me? Yeah. I cannot hear one word you're saying, so I'm going to do something hella weird. I'm going to listen to you through the YouTube stream, and I'm, I'm going to speak. All right. This is going to be interesting. Uh, I'll mute myself, and I'm listening to you through the YouTube stream, though. Uh, so the crazy part is, is I do think the 49ers go into week one into Pittsburgh. The fun part is is when the 49ers go there, it's going to be it's a long travel. 
You're going all the way to the East Coast. Three-hour difference. The 49ers start slow. Pittsburgh Steelers have a really good defensive line. I don't think the Steelers' offensive line is ready for the 49ers. Um, defensive line, I really don't. Nick Bosa is going to play. you got energy now around the 49ers' locker room. The team's going to be jumping and bouncing around a little bit different. Um, that's just how they roll. Like, you hear, you heard uh, David Lombardi say Fred Warner ran into the locker room the moment he heard Nick Bosa was extended, yelling, Nick is back. Like, to me, that just shows the team was waiting for Nick Bosa. Uh, for me, yes, I appreciate every single one of you guys for holding up with us, continuing to pile in. I apologize for the technical difficulties. I got to figure out what it is. I might, gotta, might have to get a new mic. My mic might be done. Uh, might be something on my end that I don't know. I'll figure it out, though. But the 49ers have an energy around them now. At first, the energy was a little weird when they traded Nick Bosa, uh, Trey Lance, uh, before they extended Nick Bosa. The energy around this team was weird. The energy is back. Now, do I think the 49ers are capable of winning this game? Absolutely. But it's going to be a tough game. It, that, that Steelers defensive line is in my opinion, being a, 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 a fan, I'm always going to say the 49ers are the best team in the league. But stepping back and looking at it in, in a football perspective, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line might be better than the 49ers defensive line. And the reason why is you got T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is a defensive player of the year. He's a defensive player of the year every year candidate. He's a candidate at that spot. Cam Hayward, right? Cam Hayward is a guy who you could compare to Arik Armstead, Javon Hargrave. You could compare him to him, right? In the sense of he's always productive and he does what he has to do. Opposite of TJ Watt, you got arguably one of the most slept on edge rushers in Alex Highsmith. He had 14 and a half sacks last year, and most of those came without TJ Watt opposite of him. So now, what does that mean is that defensive line is stacked. If you look at the 49ers defensive line, the weakest link is opposite of Nick Bosa. Now, for me, I think their defensive line is a little bit better than ours um, due to the three guys, the three main guys they have. I prefer the edge presence over the interior presence in the 49ers. Now, we have a better interior, but I feel like all around, they have a better defensive line. So now what what uh, obstacles does that present? The 49ers can't just go play drop back. You got to establish the run. You got to establish the run, play action to try to get those defensive lines off. You want to attack the linebackers over in the seams. You're not going to have as much time as you want. So for me, it's going to be a, a very tough game for the 49ers in terms of how Kyle game plans and stuff like that. Um, I think he's going to utilize um, the seams which means big game day for Brandon Ayuk. If you're starting Brandon Ayuk in fantasy football, I think he's going to be the guy who has a big game. Um, that's the guy I'm relying on as well as Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm not going to give a prediction yet, but I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I don't know if you've gone into it, Rohan, though, but what does our 49ers, what does the 49ers offense need to do to be successful? When you talk about the 49ers offense and what they need to do to be successful, it's an it's a multitude of things. You talk about a strong defensive line, I agree. I think they're a good run stopping team. I think they're going to be a good team. But overall, it's 
it's construing different matchups. You know, the Steelers will run a 3-4. They'll have good outside linebackers. It's truly, I think the X factor in this game is going to be their tackles. You've got Alex Highsmith. You've got TJ Watt out there, which means you're going to have to rely on Trent Williams, and you're going to have to rely on Colton McKibbitts as much as you don't necessarily want to hear that in week one. And so how do you eliminate that? It's quick game. Quick game passing. You 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 don't want to you want to make sure the quarterback is protected. You don't get you know those pass rushers to the quarterback, especially with Cameron Hayward in the bunch, especially with you know some solid run stuffers in Keanu Benton and Larry Ogi Joby in the bunch as well. I think that that's where you kind of have to look. Quick game, get the ball out in space, allow your guys to do different things, and that means a lot of usage towards Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. But it also means. You want to incorporate different looks, you know, use guys as decoys so that other guys can be involved as well. So I think that overall, it's going to be a good portion of the quick game for the 49ers. And that is also why I don't think it's going to be as high scoring because at in, in week one, you don't necessarily know how much you can trust your offensive line. The 49ers are confident in them, but I think that in, a, in a, against a tough defense like this at Heinz Field, you're going to want to operate the quick game. A little more than you'd expect to in later weeks. Yeah, and if if you operate to the quick game and the 49ers um, get taken away from the intermediate stuff that Kyle likes to do, I think it favors the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're having to rely on the on the quick game uh, because the defensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers is dominating the game and dom- dominating the interior and not allowing you to run the ball as effective, I think it does lead to a low-scoring game, and that benefits the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're at home. It'll be a first true test for Brock Purdy um, on the road in terms of playing a – in my opinion, this is the best defense Brock Purdy's played by far. Like, I don't – I think for me, um, that's the biggest, biggest thing for the 49ers is this is the best defense Brock has played. Now – what I want to see the 49ers do is don't go straight drop back. Some of the stuff that Kyle likes to do with Brock, straight drop back, it's not going to work. Seven steps drops. Seven steps, mm-hmm. exactly. I read your lips. Seven step drops that he likes to do. It's gross. Get rid of it, Kyle. That is not the game plan for this or this team you're playing. If you allow Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt to see the seven step drop back, you might not be you might be leaving Pittsburgh with Sam Donald as your starting quarterback. And I'm not, that's not me trying to be like an over-exaggerator, but seven-step drop back almost gets you hurt. Now, the Niners need to establish the run if they want to win this game. Only way they win this game is if, if Christian McCaffrey or Elijah Mitchell goes for over 100 yards. I think that is the only recipe for the 49ers to win this game. I don't think this is a game you want to see Brock Purdy throw for 300-plus yards. I don't. Because if, if you're having him drop back that many times, I don't like the recipe because that defensive line is filthy. They're really damn good. I don't like that for the 49ers. Now, the 49ers are going to have an opportunity to go up against a young quarterback as well. A good young receiving core, Deontay Johnson. You got George Pick, uh, George Pickens. You also have a good tight end, Pat Freemuth, um, who I really like coming out of college, by the way. Um, the thing for the 49ers how do they stop that offense? They have a good running game, a good young quarterback, good receivers. How do the 49ers stop that offense? When you talk about it, 
it's a similar formula for the 49ers, right? And I would say their their defense is a little stronger than Pittsburgh's all around. So, you know, you can rely on the other uh, other portions as well. But Pittsburgh, what was the issue with them last year? They have two good running backs in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. The issue was the, the offensive line couldn't hold up, and so you have inefficient rushing attacks, right? And so that's an issue for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But – I think that, you know, right now, I think the offensive line has improved. You added Isaac Sayomalo. You're going to see some development from some other guys. You also have another year for James Daniels. You know, I think you have some improvements for sure in that in that uh, offensive line. But I think that is when you when you think about it as well, it's going to be it's it's not that great of a unit. It's not that great of a unit. And so I think the 49ers, especially with Nick Bosa in the fold, that's why he's so integral. You're going to have three really good options as a pass rushers in Armstead, Hargrave, and also Nick Bosa. And I think that with the combination of players that they have, it's going to be solid. With offensive line struggles, as well as the 49ers' strong front seven, because don't forget about Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, who's expected to play, it's going to be hard for the Pittsburgh Steelers to establish a run game with uh, with a good amount of certainty, unless the 49ers don't play clean football. And so because of that, I think the Steelers are going to have to rely more on their passing game. And they do have three very solid units. I think the way that Pittsburgh Steelers can win this game is if Kenny Pickett can prove that he's a very good quarterback and is able to distribute the ball to all three of his weapons. But I think that that's going to be a tough ask against the 49ers defensive line, which might force them into operating with the quick game. And one thing I'll say is I've seen the 49ers against the quick game. They've been able to shut it down with sound tackling in the past. That's going to be the hope for them as well to, uh, this game. But I think they match up fairly well against the Pittsburgh Steelers and their offense. Yeah, absolutely. When I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, so the biggest – their offense, the biggest uh, threat their offense presents is George Pickens downfield, Deontay Johnson downfield. It's, it's a downfield passing attack. Now, that does mean you got to protect a little bit longer. Now, protecting a little bit longer against the 49ers defense with Steve Wilk, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how Steve Wilkes is going to coach. Does he coach aggressive and blitz a lot? That would be my assumption. Um, I feel like he should blitz a little bit more. Um, but for me, the way I'm looking at things right now is – the biggest test the 49ers are going to have is stopping Kenny Pickett in the run game. Kenny Pickett is a lot more mobile than people think. Kenny Pickett got his wheels. For, for being a quarterback, he actually has some speed. And for me, that is the biggest concern. I think Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, they're going to get theirs. They're, it's a good running back room over there in Pittsburgh. The receivers and tight ends, I'm not too worried about them in the sense of they don't have that one dominant dude like, for example, the 49ers struggle is usually against that one dude like a Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. Like That's where they struggle against is when the team has one legit receiver who is able to beat them. I don't think the Steelers have that. Unless George Pickens becomes that overnight, then, I'm, then I would be concerned. But at the moment, I'm not concerned I'm in their passing attack. I think it'll be competent. I think they can block enough. I think Roderick Jones is going to be in for a long night. But I do think Roderick Jones is a good enough offensive tackle to hold up well. Um, excited to see him play. He's going to be tested early and often. Um, I personally think Kenny Pickett is as good of a rusher as Daniel Jones, actually. The reason why you see it more often is because you see Daniel Jones do it more often. Because one, he has no receivers. And two, 
that offense last year either was behind Saquon or nothing. So you saw more often last year for, with Daniel Jones. I think Kenny Pickett is, is more than capable of being a Daniel Jones-type runner um, in the NFL. Rohan, looking at this game, the head coaches, two great head coaches. And now that's that's a big it's a big thing when you have two great head coaches. Do the 49ers get out coached by Mike Tomlin? Does Mike Tomlin out coach us? What happens with the the coaching staff? I mean, that's a good question. And again, like I've said a couple of times today, I believe it's gonna be a low scoring game. With the low scoring game, the little things matter. Coaching certainly factors into that. And so when you talk about the coaching staff, um, Kyle Shanahan versus Mike Tomlin, I mean, two, uh, two different sides of the ball, but it's going to be, you know, something that you look, you, you look to now, I'm not as intrigued with maybe the head coaching battle. I'm more intrigued with how does offensive coordinator, Matt Canada work against Steve Wilts? I don't think Matt Canada was that great last year. If you look at Pittsburgh Steelers film, they weren't that great last year as an offense, and I think that the offense was very conservative. I don't know how well a conservative approach works against an aggressive defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes, who has proven before that he doesn't mind blitzing and he doesn't mind getting after the quarterback with pressure. And so to me, I'm wondering how that combination works. Now, they also have a good defensive coordinator in Terrell Austin. They lost, um, I forget, uh, they lost uh, Brian Flores, I believe, uh, who went to Minnesota to be their defensive coordinator, but they still have Terrell Austin. Um, I think he's a solid, solid coach as well. Um, but I think Shanahan, you know, I think he'll have the edge there given the way that he is generally coached in his pedigree. So I think the 49ers honestly have a bigger advantage coaching wise when you look at it, despite the Steelers also having Mike Tomlin. That's the way that I look at it. But again, it's the little things that matter. We'll see how much those two kind of battles go forward. But I'm, I'm looking to see how does that Pittsburgh offense with Matt Canada now feature in year two against an aggressive coordinator in Steve Wilkes? So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you though, Rohan. I think Matt Canada was not the problem. I think it was just a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett who beginning of the year, if you watch Kenny Pickett, he struggled watching towards the end of the year. Matt Canada and, and Kenny Pickett, they were on the same page, and they were actually, their offense looked pretty good. Now, I agree with you that they're, they're, the film doesn't look good. But when you look at from uh, the first half of the season to the back end of the season, I think Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett got on the same page, and you started seeing Kenny Pickett play a lot more confident. Um, now, if you watched what Matt Canada did with Kenny Pickett in the preseason, I loved what he did. Attack the seams, throw deep, allowed Kenny Pickett to, to be himself. And I thought, to me, that was the biggest thing for um, watching the Steelers during the preseason. It, I, I kind of felt like Matt Canada was in his bag in the preseason against other starting teams um, with Kenny Pickett. Now, I agree. I think the 49ers have the advantage in terms of coaching offensively. But I think Mike Tomlin matches up pretty damn well with Kyle Shanahan for some reason. I feel like Mike Tomlin, when you give him a lot of time to uh, watch a team – know what they like to do. I think Mike Tomlin is going to have his defense ready. That's for sure. He's going to have his defense ready. Um, it's going to be a chess match between Mike Tomlin and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, now, Kyle Shanahan has the better roster, so I'm expecting him to be able to get more results 
but I've never seen Mike Tomlin not be ready. Like his teams are always ready, so I'm very interested to see how the 49ers approach it, um, what how they try to attack the defense, how they try to attack uh, the offense of the Steelers. I'm excited for this game. I really am because I feel like this is a big test defensively for the 49ers, and it'll give you a good um, a practice run going into the games like the New York Giants, who have a better offense, in my opinion, and the Dallas Cowboys, who are probably one of the better teams the 49ers will see all season. No, I think that's a good uh, good observation. I mean, I do agree. I like That's why I said I, I find this battle intriguing, because I like what they did in the preseason. I thought Kenny Pickett looked much improved in the preseason. Interested to see what that offense goes along with and how kind of the approaches come week one against this type of defense. For the remainder of the game, I think it'll come down to special teams, Rohan. Now, kicking, punting, in my opinion, I think the special teams unit is better in Pittsburgh. I think they got a better kicker. I think they got a better and, – and the reason why – I should not say – okay, I'm going to reword this. I think they have a more experienced kicker, a kicker who's been through it. They got, they got a good punter. They got a good return game. So I think it all comes down to kicking. Like you said, if it's going to be a close game, if Moody plays, does he miss a field goal? Is he ready to kick off of a groin injury? Now, to me, that's the biggest – that's a good question. Like the last couple of times we've seen uh, uh, Wisnowski punt, he shanked a few. If, he, if you give a team good field position at home, they're going to capitalize. So I think that's the biggest thing is going on the road taking your special teams unit and having it produce for you. I think that's going to be something the 49ers got to be uh, aware of. Um, again, if you are tuning in on either channel, go support the other channel. Hit subscribe button. Hit the like button. Let's try to get me to 500 before the regular season. I'm close. Let's try to get me there before the regular season. Obviously, it's a few days away. So share it with your friends, your uncles, your cousins, your grandparents. Let them know. Go, go to Rohan's channel, hit that like button, subscribe button, share his channel with your friends, your cousins, your aunts, your grandma. This is the channel you want to be at. 100%. Guys, this has been a very fun episode. We've done a lot. I apologize for some of the technical difficulties, though, but this was a fun one. You know, we we went through um, a good portion of different topics. We talked about Nick Bosa. We talked about week one. We talked about a lot of different things. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back soon with some more content, and we will be back later. Week one, Sunday, it's finally here. I'm ready for some football. I'm ready to kick it off. Marco, appreciate you, and we'll see you guys later.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.